The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Thursday is upon us as these markets wrap up, seeing some negative on the trade for the greens. And we're going to get all the details coming from Don Rose with U.S. Commodities. A lot of factors working in, but I think like you and I were just talking, the biggest one is this G20 summit and, and the meetings that will happen over the weekend. Definitely putting some pressure on the trade today. Yeah, most definitely. That's the dominant issue that we had today. We were under uh, pressure, uh, you know, on the soybeans. Uh, it's been a political type of market. There's no doubt about it. And really, the concern is what are we going to have from a trade talk uh, going uh, coming out of Saturday night's dinner between President Xi and President uh, uh, Trump? And uh, that's really the question mark. And I think the best guess is that some kind of a truce that maybe agree that in three to six months that maybe we have some kind of a framework going down the road to work on. But um, that's a big guess here for right now. And, uh, you know, signals are being sent on both sides. So um, Sunday night's going to be an interesting trade at 7 o'clock because I imagine there's going to be some fireworks. Very much so. And there's been so much anticipation. I mean, I don't remember the last time a G20 meeting has had this much excitement leading into it. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. And it's not only the the issue between uh, President uh, Trump and President Xi of China. It's also the issue between uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, President Trump has uh, canceled a meeting with uh, uh, President Putin out of uh, Russia just because of the uh, dispute between the uh, straits there between, Ru- between Russia and Ukraine. So, you know, that's going to have some influence on the wheat and the corn also. So there's just a lot of political stuff going on. And then we have the Brexit uh, with Europe also that is in the crosshairs on trade. So um, it's, a, it's a trading environment out here that is very much uncertain. I always love when we get a chance to talk to you, Don, because you've got such good contacts in South America. And we'd heard that there were some weather issues earlier um, in the last week and a half with Brazil. But it sounds like at this point, weather's not a problem. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. I do travel down into South America and Central America. And, you know, so far where we're really at is the uh, planting in uh, corn and soybeans uh, in Brazil is, is on the downhill slide wrapping up. Um, you know, if there's any issue so far, we worry about dry weather, but it could be on the wet side in some areas. And just reminding the folks that uh, plantings were very early in, in Brazil and in northern Brazil, um, we're going to have some very, very early harvest, the end of December into the middle of uh, January. So competition is right around the corner, but uh, no issue so far. Um, uh, when you look at Argentina, they're about 60% planted on corn and about 40% planted on soybeans. And, you know, no issues there either, if anything, maybe a little too wet in that area also. Well, we've got about two months where the U.S. has... Um shall we say, South America free status when it comes to to the grains being moved. Can we continue to keep the momentum going on our grain exports, especially for the beans, before those combines start rolling in South America? Well, you know, a little bit of an issue is we did have the export pace has really started to slow down in some of these. Uh, uh, the export sales today on soybeans were a bit slow. The export sales on wheat were a bit slow. So um, I think that it's that's really the issue is are we going to be able to refire 
uh, here quick enough before we get into competition. And the other side of it is we are seeing a pickup in farmer selling uh, also uh, here in the U.S., but also South America. We did see the South America producers getting a little more aggressive on sales just ahead of some of these uh, weekend meetings with the uh, uh, President uh, Trump and President Xi. I did find it interesting that Argentina moving into that number one spot of purchases of U.S. beans in this last couple of weeks. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, what's really happened is Argentina, uh, they sold, uh, nine, they bought 19 vessels of soybeans from the United States. A year ago, they bought zero. And uh, what really is happening is Argentina is buying beans from us. Uh, those beans are getting shipped to uh, China. Uh, so it's not a direct shipment from the U.S., but it's a backdoor shipment. So, you know, that is uh, helping plug some of the uh, poor demand that we've had from China. We have first notice day tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Yeah, first notice day on the grain market. Oftentimes, uh, you know, you can sock in a low on first notice day. We're looking for uh, 500 to 1,000 deliveries on corn, nothing on wheat, really. Although, um, so what the really signals on first notice day is the you find out, who really wants to own the green? And uh, that uh, we've seen it more times than not. Heavy deliveries puts in a low and you can rally. So let's hope that happens. Don, what are your thoughts on the ethanol margins? I know we've had some poor uh, numbers coming in lately. Yeah, you know, the ethanol margins are poor. And I think part of it is really just the uh, the demand is, uh, is slow um, and uh, the usage is down uh, because we're mandated to uh, blend 10% of the uh, gasoline with ethanol. Well, if the overall volume is down, so is the ethanol demand and the export pace uh, isn't strong enough to pick up the extra demand. So, you know, so goes the crude oil, so goes the gas, so goes the price of ethanol. And that's been the real issue. You know, we're going to be into the month of December here very quickly. Typically, it's a quieter uh, couple of weeks of trade. Can we can continue to expect that to happen? Yeah, you know, it is a, it's a holiday environment. And part of the reason is you do see people start to take a different direction as far as, uh, you know, some of the holiday schedules and such. So we do think it is. But also sometimes during the holidays, you can have some extreme moves. Remember the BSE year of 2003 where the cattle market uh, slammed limit down for a number of days. So you always have to be alert, even in uh, quiet markets, that you can have some issues. I think you just made the hair stand up on the back of the necks of some cattle guys mentioning that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, most definitely. You you remember the past, you know. uh, I think you learn from the past and move to the future. Very well put. Stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. We'll switch our focus over to the happenings of the livestock side. Some interesting movement if you've been watching along today for this hog market. We're going to get Don's thoughts on that. Don Rose again is joining us with U.S. Commodities. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell here on a Thursday on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we dive into part two, Don Rose joins us with U.S. Commodities. Let's start out with this hog market. It's kind of nice to see the talk of, of some moving towards that limit up trade, but an interesting reason as to why we're yeah. seeing it, Don. 
Yeah, it really is. And, you know, all the focus has been on the African swine fever in China. And, uh, you know, we've seen some liquidation there and spreading African swine fever, but that's been on the supply side. But today we had a, a shocking uh, supportive thing with uh, China actually buying some uh, U.S. pork, 3.3 million metric tons. Uh, Mexico bought 7.2 million metric tons. In Japan, 4.3 million metric tons. But it was the fact that China, for the first time here, uh, bought pork from the U.S., uh, you know, since we've been talking these uh, tariff talks. And, um, you know, the real surprise is were these frame contracts or, or did they really buy pork with a 62% uh, tariff on uh, U.S. pork imports? So that is, uh, it was supportive. It uh, pushed us uh, to the upside right out of the box, tried to push us to the limit up, uh, but, you know, we uh, couldn't stick it limit up. But that's a positive development. We'll see if we can build on it tomorrow. I was going to say, do you think the momentum will be there tomorrow or will we see a little bit of retracement? Well, I think when you look at it, the hogs actually today, Susan, you're supposed to uh, sell hogs and uh, 93% of the time they do come under pressure going into the middle of December. So this is a seasonal time frame where the uh, uh, pork demand starts to uh, suffer a little bit. Uh, and we also have the supplies, the peak supplies that are still coming at us. And so uh, you're in just a little bit of a downdraft here for the next uh, two and a half, three weeks. So, um, And we have big premiums in the futures market over the cash. And uh, so it's can we overcome those uh, big supplies in the U.S.? Is the demand enough to uh, hold us up here? And one week doesn't make a change in direction. So um, let's just kind of see how it trades tomorrow. But we're still in a downtrend, still in a seasonal trend, still has some premiums in the market, but uh, certainly an awful lot of optimism with the demand today on uh, from China. Well, uh, just like with the, with the grains, is this G G20 summit having any effect on this hog market? beyond what we talked about with China making some purchases? Well, it is. All eyes are on the uh, G8, G20 summit because I think the belief is that if we get something positive out of that, that it's going to lead to some meat demand. It's going to lead to some uh, pork uh, pork demand, which uh, uh, and also possibly beef demand. Now, remember, they're not. They China basically takes zero beef from us uh, at the present time uh, in over history. But uh, no, there's optimism there for sure. Looking into your crystal ball, I mean, obviously, whatever happens over the weekend is going to have a big effect. Uh, come Sunday night into Monday's trade. From a, from a livestock producer's perspective, what do you want them to keep in mind heading well, into it? Yeah, you know, Susan, I think the big thing is when you're in an uncertain environment like this, I think the dominant thing you have to do, uh, the futures market was originally set up, of course, for risk management. And I think it's a good time to look at different strategies on risk management. And, you know, if it's something where you don't want uh, margin exposure, make sure you just buy some uh, puts or buy some calls, depending on what you need to do. But it's definitely when uh, you have the, the heightened risk, uh, that you should be looking at some kind of risk management uh, at the present time. Did the feeder cattle pressure the live cattle today? You know, I think the uh, the feeder cattle, uh, I think the real thing was uh, with the cattle market, we just saw some uh, evening up, some liquidation uh, uh, ahead of the uh, end of the month, and that pressed us. Um, you know, the cash cattle trade this week basically has been steady to just a little bit higher, actually, versus the prior week. So I think it was just uh, the seasonalities, again, in the feeder cattle, Susan, much like the live cattle. It's a seasonal downtime here till about the middle of December, and so I think that's just a bit of an anchor. Are we going to see some additional market demand, though, early on in 2019 for cattle? 
You know, from the fourth quarter to the first quarter on cattle, the, the supplies in the fourth quarter is very large. You know, they're uh, counter-seasonally large from the third quarter of 18 to the fourth quarter. But then from the fourth quarter to the first quarter uh, next year, the supplies actually taper back a little bit. So that's supportive. But I'll remind everybody that we're going to have large supplies because of those big placements all the way through uh, the beginning of the uh, the summer. So we're going to have big numbers to deal with. So it's really up to the demand. And remember, Remember, it's been all about the consumer. The consumer confidence level in October was at an 18-year high, and it's just off of that level uh, now going into a de- a December. So still a strong demand, but it's all about the, the domestic market because we consume uh, 90% of our production. Down, are we going to see some serious cash take place? I mean, the markets have closed today, is, or is it going to wait till tomorrow? Well, you know, our characteristically, we've been trading late in the week. So I think you have to say, again, it probably is going to trade, uh, you know, tomorrow mostly. And we look for more of a steady type of market with offers out here at 118 uh, live and 185 dressed. All right. Lots of things to think about, folks. Best way for them to get a hold of you, Don. You bet. Uh, can reach us at uh, 1-800-247-4071. And, of course, you can follow them as well through social media. That is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell for this Thursday afternoon. Our guest today, Don Rose, with U.S. Commodities. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell. will be podcast coming up after 3 o'clock today on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.